Well, a massive show today. We're going to talk about the Gen 6 committee trying to take away our electoral college. What? But before we get into that, huge congratulations to the Turning Point USA team, everyone at the Young Women's Leadership Summit. What an amazing event that was. If you guys saw the pictures that came out of this thing, just one of the greatest. These guys set the bar every single time they have an event. But you're in luck. If you miss that one, next month, the Student Action Summit is coming up end of July, the 22nd to 24th in Tampa, Florida. So you go. President Trump has been confirmed as a speaker. Governor Ron DeSantis has confirmed. All of the speakers just came out recently. Uh, if you go on, on Twitter, we've got it up. On Instagram, go, go to tpusa.com slash sass. You can see everyone is going to be there. Use promo code POSO, all caps. Get your 25% off. The link is in the description. And also, by the way, while you're at tpusa.com, go donate as little as $1. You'll get Charlie Kirk's new book, The Conservative Response to the Great Reset, and my documentary, The Great Global Reset, will be out very soon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is June 6, 2022, Anano Domine. Today's top stories, the January 6th committee is discussing abolishing the Electoral College. Yes, that's right. That's actually something they're talking about putting into the final report on this. Next, shocking scenes out of a drag show for kids held in a Dallas bar. We'll break all that down. Third, Peter Navarro indicted again by that Jan 6 committee and then later by the Biden administration's DOJ and finally a Philadelphia mass shooting in a place where I used to hang out years ago. All this and more head human events daily. And it obviously plays into uh, what Donald Trump and his inner entourage were planning, which was to try to force Mike Pence to use these staged contests in the states as a justification for rejecting electoral college votes, sending them back to the states, which is something that the vice president doesn't have power to do, but they were trying to get him to do that in order to lower Joe Biden's uh, majority in the electoral college from 306 to something below 270 in order to kick the whole election into the House of Representatives for a so-called contingent election under the 12th Amendment. So that's Jamie Raskin you just heard talking. Now, Jamie Raskin, he's essentially the Democrat head for the Gen 6 committee, but we've also kind of sort of got the Republican head being Liz Cheney. And I say kind of sort of because we're not exactly sure how conservative she is, more of a rhino. But Axios has this incredible report giving us some of the backstory of what they call the split behind the scenes, a shade war going on within the January 6th committee, the same way there's a shade war going on inside the White House that we've reported on for months now. What do they say? The House's Jan 6th committee has split behind the scenes over what actions to take after the public hearings, and the public hearings began on TV on Thursday night last week. I know you were all paying attention because I was certainly, I was, I mean, I got my family together, we got our popcorn, we all went and sat down in front of, I said, family, children, I know you guys are young, but you need to watch this, you need to understand democracy itself is under attack here in our nation. Yeah, I actually didn't even know that they were doing televised hearings. I wasn't entirely sure that that was going on. But uh, so they're not sure what exactly they want to. And keep in mind, this committee is just going to put together a report that says 
what their recommendations are for the end of this. Now, going in, Axios, disagreements arise whether proposals are raised, such as abolishing the Electoral College, vastly expanding voting day rights like same-day registration, or tightening the Insurrection Act to make it harder for a president to deploy the military domestically for use on civilians. Hmm. Now, hold on a second. What exactly is going on there? What did you just say about the Electoral College? In multiple conversations among committee members, Jamie Raskin, remember Congressman Raskin, has argued that the Electoral College should be abolished, that if presidents were elected by a popular vote, this would protect future presidential elections against the subversion that President Trump and his allies tried to pull off in 2020. President Trump and some of his lawyers, including Rudy Giuliani, pressured Republican lawmakers in closely contested states to send alternate slates of electors to Washington in their failed effort to overturn Joe Biden's victory. Liz Cheney, on the other hand, Congresswoman Cheney, thinks the committee will burn its credibility if it pushes for radical changes like abolishing the Electoral College. Liz Cheney, of course, is a representative and nominally, I I think you guys, um, I, I forget this when I think about Liz Cheney all the time because all she thinks about our defense contractors out of Northern Virginia. But actually, yes, Liz Cheney does represent the state of Wyoming. Wyoming, a small population state. President Biden, by the way, supposedly is the representative or was the representative from Delaware, another small population state. That's the entire point of the Electoral College. You really have to go back to the founder's intent to understand why it is that we have an Electoral College. And the point of the Electoral College is because the federal government is the creation of the states, right? The federal government is the creation of the states, originally 13, now up to 50. Why does this matter? Because it, the way it's, and I'm not saying this is the way the system works, obviously, but the way it's supposed to work is that you need, the states are the ones who elect the president, not the entire country, not, the, not a federal national election. It's 50 elections. That's why swing states matter. That's why you have to campaign differently. Otherwise, it would just be the big states that would decide every election if it went by the popular vote. That's how our system works. Obviously, you would use a different strategy then. You would probably only campaign for uh, liberals. You would want to campaign in New York and California. And for conservatives, you'd want to campaign in Texas and Florida, right? Because that's where the majority of your people are. So this is the main issue. This is the main issue because you're going to campaign differently. You're going to look at it differently and you're going to overlook those states. And the point is that for the smaller states to matter, right, to truly matter for a state like Wyoming, a state like Delaware, right, that's why we have the Electoral College. That's the entire point of the system. And it's a good system. It's a strong system because we want to tell the people that Every single one of the states matters, whether the people in California or the people in New York or the people of Washington don't seem to care about you. We actually think that you matter. That is, by the way, a people first, population first, populist message that the people matter, not the government, not the special interests. And so when you look at it, those are the people that are arguing against people like Jamie Raskin. People like AOC who have come out and said we need we don't need an electoral college. I remember her saying, you know, posting some cringe videos saying that, oh, look, cornfields don't vote. So why should this state get three electoral? No, absolutely not. 
All states matter because all of our people matter. Otherwise, the big states would just roll over the little states. That's not our system. And our founders warned us about people like y'all. So I was doing a live stream recently and we ended up talking about iTarget. Now I've got my iTargets for my nine mil and for my 40 cat and I was telling everybody about it and people were just saying, how do I get this thing? How do I get the iTarget? It's very simple. It's very simple. iTargetPro.com, use promo code POSO. We're going to put the link in the description of this podcast right here. But everybody's asking me, they say, what is it? So you dry fire, right? You dry fire with your own firearm. You put this thing in, it's a laser bullet. You load it into your bullet, uh, to load the bullet into your magazine, pop, pop that into your firearm, and then you immediately start training. Privacy your own home, as inflation is going up, as crime is going up, as insanity is growing up all around you, we are not going to let go of our guns. But that also means that we need to be proficient with our guns. Remember, gun control means hitting your target. That's what iTarget is all about. You have a proprietary app. You have a target system that you can load up in your house. It's completely safe. You're not using live ammo at all right? So go to itargetpro.com right now. You will save 10% and get free shipping with promo code POSO. And keep in mind, folks, Father's Day is coming up rapidly approaching. We are hurtling towards Father's Day. Only a couple of days left. You want to get dad something for Father's Day? Go get him the iTarget Pro. Officers are letting children inside of a bar. Officer Jareno is letting children, not 21, inside of an establishment with alcohol. Discuss it! This is pathetic. Bars are supposed to be limited to people 21 years or older, but y'all are letting children in here. What? I think about that, officer. I'm just saying, guys, this is the type of police, the Dallas police, Amanda Geiger shot somebody. Discuss it! It'll shoot you in your living room. They will let tw- uh, children inside an establishment for 21 year olds. So this story out of Texas, the great Alex Stein was there. So many people, Taylor Hansen, Isabel O'Reilly, they went in to this, this Dallas bar hosting a quote unquote child friendly drag show this last Saturday where Honestly, I can't even read to you. I can't even, because I try to make this a family-friendly podcast. I know a lot of moms listen to this with, you know, with their kids around. I can't even read to you what the signs said at this place, what the signs said at this bar. And it definitely was a bar, right? But I will say this. Children were invited on stage to walk with drag queens. Children were invited to give money to tip the drag queens. Um... They said, if you think we can do it like we do, I want you to come up real quick, said one drag queen. This is from the post-millennial. While asking children if they, quote, want to be a diva and telling them to pick a drag queen to partner with. Then you can see them in the videos giving the money. Now, the event is described by the bar's social media page as a family-friendly spinoff of our famed champagne drag brunch. The event was titled Drag the Kids to Pride. Right, get it? Drag, like bring the kids in, but also drag is in. Double entendre there. The ultimate family-friendly pride experience. The signature event is a family-friendly spinoff of our famed champagne drag brunch. You'll be playing some of your favorite, favorite hits while uh, the host brings together some of the best drag entertainers around. Our under-21 guests can enjoy a special 
mocktail while mom and dad can slip sip on one of our classic mimosa towers. Do you want to hit the stage with the queens? We have five limited spots for young performers to take the stage solo or with a queen of their choosing. Come hang out with the queens and enjoy this unique pride experience fit for guests of all ages. Purchase your tickets now through the link in our bio. And what's amazing, by the way, is that even though... Now, keep in mind, I looked this up while this was going on. Child exploitation is a class three felony in the state of Texas, period, full stop. And yet the police and the DAs, the prosecutors there in Texas, there in Dallas, did nothing about it. In fact, when protesters went in to protest what is obviously grooming going on of children, under 18 children, under under 12 children, it was allowed to take place. It happened. And now we're hearing that local politicians are talking about doing something about it, at least local state reps. But I really do think it's quite interesting because I've, I've seen some people out there of the libertarian stripe say, well, you know, does it really matter? Should we really have a say in how other people raise their kids? Should we really get government involved here? Isn't this really just more? No, stop. It's grooming children. Child exploitation is a felony. It's always been a felony. It's, of course, a felony. Stop being so tolerant that your brains fall out. It's being open-minded, right? Some stuff is real. The world is real. Society is real. Community is real, all right? This is what happens when you take all basic morality out of the public square and you replace it with nothingness. When you replace it with nothingness, you will get people saying, oh, they're just finding their truth. No, it's grooming children. The same way that when Pizza Hut was pushing this um, drag queen book as part of their Book It program, that accounts or amounts to grooming children as well. It's really as simple as that. The latest insanity from Pizza Hut promoting drag queens for children. We are discovering now that if we actually want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace work. And these woke corporations, they're dividing us. Big banks are freezing the accounts of people just over politics, the supply chains, depending on countries like China. Look, we have to change this. We have to vote with our wallets. That is why Human Events Daily is proud to partner with Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses our nation has ever seen. Public Square is the first app. It connects freedom-loving Americans with your local community and the businesses that share your values. And if you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that uh, took a stand against the COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for political views, just go to Public Square. Super easy. Go to Public Square. Apple App Store, Google Play, download it, boom, Public Square, Public SQ. You can get it. The link's in the description. Of course, you can just go and download it, and then you can find your local businesses. If you own a local business, you can list it in Public Square. Stand up for conservative, traditional American values. Instead of coming to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the FBI, Instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court, we've got a warrant for you, I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs, they bring me here, they put me in leg irons, they stick me in a cell. By the way, just historical note, 
I was in John Hinckley's cell. They seemed to think that that was like an important historical note. Okay, that's punitive. That what they did to me today violated the Constitution. So late on Friday, after we recorded the show, they announced that my friend and co-host of War Room, Peter Navarro, the former economic advisor to President Trump has been indicted. What was he indicted for? He was indicted for his response to the subpoena from the House January 6th committee. Now, I've seen some people say that legally speaking, he ignored the subpoena. That's not true. His lawyers did respond to the subpoena. He didn't refuse, right? This is the lie. And this is why in a sane society, this indictment would be thrown out. But of course, we don't live in that society. We live in a place where Michael Sussman, the Clinton lawyer, can walk away free in Washington, D.C., and then another D.C. grand jury will turn around and and indict Peter Navarro. Why? And it's political. It's obviously political. The point of our Justice Department is to be part of our justice system in general, right? Supposedly, the Justice Department is supposed to be this independent, non-political, apolitical entity, but we've never actually seen any evidence of this from any administration. What we do see, though, is a two-tier system of, of government, and certainly a two-tier system of justice. And that's what needs to stop. So here's from foxnews.com. The Department of Justice announced the indictment Friday. The department has previously indicted former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, the host of War Room, for contempt of Congress, throwing its weight behind this committee's subpoenas. The FBI arrested him Friday morning. In a court appearance Friday afternoon, he said he was on his way to Nashville for a television appearance Friday morning, and that the FBI team let him get to the airport and try to board a plane before putting him in handcuffs. They didn't just call him. They didn't tell him what was going on. No, 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 no. No. They wanted the spectacle. They wanted everyone to see how they're... And I just want people to understand. Don't complain about double standards. It's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. Understand, if you are a conservative now, when it comes to the eyes of justice in America, you live in a two-tiered society and you are a second-class citizen. Now, here's the legal take, right? The legal side of it is this. The committee is asking both Bannon and Navarro, right? And I haven't talked to either of them about this, right? Because I'm not trying to get into their legal stuff, but I have actually read all the responses. They're asking them about conversations they held with President Trump when he was the sitting president. Now, President Trump has claimed executive privilege over those conversations, And so what their lawyers argued, both for Navarro and for Bannon, was that we think that we can't tell you, divulge the comments in those conversations from President Trump, because that's what they're asking about. They're asking about what the president said, not what they had to say. They're saying we can't tell you that because he has cited executive privilege and it's going to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has yet to decide on this. And so for them... To go in and tell what President Trump said, obviously that would be breaking executive privilege. So you can have a legal debate over whether or not executive privilege matters in this case. But what you certainly don't have here is criminal, right, contempt. 
This isn't criminal contempt. It's an argument. It's a legal debate. It's a negotiation. They're pointing out on valid legal grounds to say, hey, there's executive privilege involved here. He was the sitting president. We had conversations with him, conversations which we know are covered by executive privilege that may cross. This is the separation of powers issue between the legislative branch, because the January 6th committee is part of the legislative branch. The president obviously is the head of the executive branch. That's the issue here. But of course, the DOJ doesn't care. Biden's DOJ certainly doesn't care. They're indicting him, not on any legal grounds, right? This is, oh, sure, there's stated legal grounds, but it's very clear what's going on here. This is political. Now, Bannon's indictment and Navarro's indictment should be thrown out on the merits, on the merits of this, because they are not, they're simply not committing criminal contempt. This isn't, I, I refuse to testify. This is pointing out, I can't tell you what the president said because the president has executive privilege. That's what it comes down to. But put it back, put it back. They're not destabilizing society by accident. They're destabilizing it on purpose. They want conservatives to be persecuted, and that is why they are prosecuting them. So I got detained at the World Economic Forum by apparently the World Economic Forum's police force. There are local police there uh, run in Switzerland that are then tasked to the World Economic Forum. And they went, put every single member of my team, my crew, up against the wall and frisked us right outside the entrance to the World Economic Forum. And I got to say that when I was being frisked by the World Economic Forum, I was glad that I was wearing my undertack boxers. Yes, that is right. They have been field tested by yours truly in Davos at the World Economic Forum. They are the greatest boxers ever made and they cover all the bases. You know, those World Economic Forum police were saying, you know what? This feels like it's antibacterial, anti-pilling, moisture wicking, and they seem like they stay fry, fresh and dry all day. They're sturdy yet comfortable with an extra wide waistband and a fly design that actually makes sense. Durable, ultralight, fade resistant, and shrink resistant. You know, I almost got the cops, believe it or not, I almost got the World Economic Forum cops to be like, you know, I want to get some of those undertacks myself. <laughs> all right, so go to getundertack.com. Getundertack.com today. The link is in the description. You buy three, you get one free with promo code POSO. And I'm telling you, we were up there in the Swiss Alps getting detained by the World Economic Forum police, and they came face to face with the greatest pair of boxers in the entire world. Undertack. Getundertack.com today. So, our final story today comes out of city where I spent a lot of time growing up. Philadelphia, mass shooting on South Street and 3rd, downtown Philadelphia, just before midnight last night. And I want people to understand why this particular mass shooting hits so home for me, so close to home for me, because this area, South Street, the TLA, Theater of Living Arts, which was a really great hangout spot years ago, when I was in high school, this was a place where, you know, even when uh, I was still so young that I was borrowing my parents' car, that they would let us go down and hang out with my friends. Great place to see a show, see a concert, maybe like a 500-person venue at most. And you could hang out with people after the show. So go up to Zipperhead, check out 
some new clothes, go to a CD shop, check out music, maybe see if there's some bootlegs of a show that was played recently in, in Philly. And it was just a great hangout spot. Really cool scene. Lots of fun. Place I spent weekend after weekend while I was growing up. And it's not the same anymore. And you would see the videos that are showing, that are coming out now, show that there were hundreds of kids in the streets um, fighting, jumping on cars, and really just it looked like complete anarchy before people showed up and started shooting into this crowd. So the information we have so far just says um, that there were several active shooters firing into the crowd, no identifications yet, says one officer fired at a suspect. But we're seeing videos of this that even before the shooting, the entire downtown was mass anarchy. This wasn't just enjoying South Street, right? And so, you know, I was talking a couple of weeks ago about Pizza Hut, right? As just this shared cultural space where people used to be able to go hang out. Then we talked about malls, shopping malls, how they've really been shut down as places where people couldn't just go hang out. And, and younger people, right? Uh, people who are under 21, right? Places where, you, where you're really having that social formation outside of school, outside of your parents, but also in a basically and generally safe environment, right? And it seems like more and more those places in society are being denied. And so... Where can you even go to have this kind of life anywhere? And predominantly, you're seeing people go online, right? And they say, why is it Zoomers and even younger uh, teens today have some of the lowest driver's licenses percentages that we've ever seen in U.S. history, going back all the way back to the 1950s when cars really started getting big? And why is that? Because there's nowhere to drive to anymore. Because... You don't have that kind of culture anymore of people just getting together, going in the car, and going out to drive somewhere. Hopefully, concerts are still around. We got McCartney tickets for later this week. But it's just sad. It strikes me as very sad. And so I have to say it again. I am once again asking you to get out of cities. We need to restore our places of cultural community and our cultural communal spaces. But until that point, until such time as we actually get back to real law enforcement, by the way, and actual law enforcement can be done by locking up violent criminals. And DA Larry Krasner of Philadelphia, who I've talked about time and time again, refuses to do this. And he keeps getting voted. And he keeps getting elected in Philadelphia. So, guys, this is what you're voting for. This is what you got. You made your bed. Now you can sleep in it, but as for the rest of us, we are going to get out of cities and we're going to keep our families safe. And a word to that, by the way, John Locke quote on self-defense and why gun ownership and really is the positive expression of self-defense and the positive expression of the right to life. And it's simply this, John Locke, I have a right to destroy that which threatens me with destruction. I have a right to destroy that which threatens me with destruction. 
Okay, so that's all the time we have today. Human events daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow, be good, be brief, be gone. Uh, your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. What did we talk about today? Well, first we talked about the Jan 6 committee discussing abolishing the Electoral College. Completely insane. Next, the shocking scenes out of the drag show for kids held in a Dallas bar this weekend. Peter Navarro, the former uh, Trump advisor for economics, indicted. And finally, the Philadelphia mass shooting down on South Street. A lot of stuff going crazy in the world today, but that's okay because we are here to show you the way out. Remember, the only way out is through. Today's moment in history, obvious. June 6, 1944, D-Day. The largest amphibious landing in history began in the early morning hours as Allied forces landed in Normandy on the northern coast of France. Operation Overlord took months of planning and involved 1,527,000 soldiers in 47 Allied divisions, many of which, you look at some of those pictures, they were kids, teens, 20s, but they were willing to do what needed to be done. That's the kind of generation, that's the kind of American that we need today. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.